No matter what storms of life have been happening to you this last year, we hope that this can be an incredible weekend, an incredible time of, of retreating with God and a time to anchor our souls in Him. Especially want to give a shout out to the women in the audience. Woo! I love my girls and uh, just so excited, so incredible to see so many of you that I know, to meet new people. Definitely just want to give a warm welcome to those of you outside of kind of this geographic region that have traveled from California, Massachusetts, all over. You might be the only person from your state here, and we just appreciate that you've just come. Right. And just are representing. We love you too. We have uh, over 18 states represented in, in this room. So really excited about that. And just, uh, yeah, we've been dreaming about this retreat for so long. And it's amazing that it's here. And just looking forward to a great weekend with all of you. And it's cool to see so many people uh, coming in this weekend from so many places. And certainly appreciate the reads. Uh, just very, very glad to have them here this weekend. And I'll be sharing more about Larry as he preaches on Sunday. And I know he's going to be an, do it. You're going to do an incredible job, brother. I, you, you do such an incredible job when you're preaching. You're so inspiring just to be around. I appreciate your warmth and love for people around you. And uh, I look forward to what you have to say on Sunday. So thank you for being here. A lot of fun, too. We've, we've already had some good laughs already. So it's been good. Yes, and uh, Kim, his wonderful wife, is with him as well, and uh, Kim is incredible. They, they actually, they did a great job earlier today with our, right. our leaders workshop. That was amazing, but Kim is such an amazing woman. I think when I think about Kim, she's a woman of deep conviction, and mm. she doesn't have a problem letting right. you know what she That's believes, right. Right? right? But like, it's good. Like, she's just real. She keeps mm. it real, and she's like, oh no, like, mm. you know, this is the way, you know, but it's like. But it, it is not in a in, in your face. It's just in a very loving, like she loves God. She loves people. She's committed to God's kingdom. And, you know, they both have served in many churches over the United mm. States. And wherever they go, they just give their heart. And uh, they, they're in Boston now, and they oversee the singles there. That's and right. just have such a great heart for singles ministry. So I'm just so excited to have my friend Kim here. And that tomorrow she's going to be doing a class for the women. Mm. So please great. come out. Good. I know she'll have some great convictions, and you'll really see that come through when she shares. So and get to get to know her. And we had the honor of serving with them on the the international uh, singles service team. And there's so many people who are coming this weekend that are that have prepared classes to speak in the morning, and it's just going to be a great time. And we're going to start this weekend off a a little bit differently here tonight. We're going to continue to sing songs and hear scriptures. We're going to hear some testimonies of hope. Uh, from Travis from Houston and Lindsay from DFW as they share from their lives. And I pray that we be a encouraging audience as they, we're also going to have some time of prayer as we retreat and anchor our souls. But let's first briefly dive into Hebrews 6, 13. And this is a rich passage with a lot of things to, to try to wrap your mind around. But I'm praying that we can just get maybe one or two really good nuggets out of this as we look at it. In Hebrews 6, verse 13, it says, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, 
I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, many times, I think these images are are what we think of when we hear the word anchor. A part of a ship, like that one. I actually got to see these anchors when I was on vacation recently up on Lake Superior. And we've enjoyed the the anchors and the nautical themes, just so many great ideas popping up for this weekend, and so many people have, have spent most, so much time getting here early, decorating, and really appreciate their efforts. But this passage of Scripture takes anchor to a whole new depth of meaning. In verse 13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there is no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. God made a a huge promise to Abraham, which was, and who was he? Well, he was the father of their faith. God promised an, an old guy who had no kids to have kids. And eventually God did what he promised. And this was a big promise fulfillment to the Hebrew readers about their great, great, super great grandfather, Abraham. In verse 17, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Who are the heirs of the promise? Not only Abraham's literal children who were created because of the promise, but with Jesus God fulfills the Old Testament promise by creating Abraham's spiritual children. And we are recipients of that promise. You are not an accident. You are a recipient of a promise. Verse 18, God did this so that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible for God to lie, We who have fled for refuge would have strong encouragement, exhortation to take hold of the hope set before us. God is really exhorting us, pushing us, driving us to take hold of the hope set before us by two really impressive things. A promise and oath. Well, why? Well, if you're fleeing for refuge, you're fleeing for a place of safety, right? I mean, I've never been shipwrecked before, but I have been on a big lake, Lake Michigan, and we're on this boat, and the storm was coming, and we actually had to go back to shore, but before we could even get back to shore, the boat was starting to go up and down, 
handout. People were getting sick. I was desperately looking for refuge on land. I was ready to get to that safety. Well, even for the Hebrews, they remember the cities of refuge in Deuteronomy set up for people to flee to. Those who, who needed help and security. Sometimes maybe someone accidentally killed someone. And so they would flee to these refuge cities till it got worked out. Now, hopefully you didn't accidentally kill someone on your way here. But maybe you dealt with a mean boss or customers, financial debt, family issues, flat tires, spiritual family issues, injuries, storms of life. And trying to find safety this weekend, refuge, something to hold on to. You don't know where to turn to. You're getting tossed around. You're numb from the cold waters. Well, God wants us to remember his promise an oath. So we're motivated to go to the right place. To not just grab onto whatever comes your way. Oh, someone likes me. Ah, that's my reward. That's my refuge. Or what's on the, what's on the internet? That's my reward. Or work. You know, I, I know how to do my, my work, so I'm just going to stay comfortable doing that. And that's going to be my refuge. I'm going to continue to be busy with that. But God doesn't want us to just grab whatever comes our way. When I was in Idaho, working with a theater company up there, we did some whitewater rafting. It was exciting. And there were some big rafting. I mean, there's some gorgeous rivers up there. You might think Idaho just has potatoes, but they got some rivers as well. And I remember we were going on this raft, and it was exhilarating. But then it got pretty crazy. And the rapids were getting intense. And Orr smacked me upside the face. I thought I was going to leave a mark. But all I knew to do as we were going through these intense rapids was hold on to the raft. Because I knew at some point it was going to get a little bit more fun. There was going to be a little more peace. But God wants us to, wants to, to motivate us by his promise and oath to lay hold upon the hope he set before us as we go down the river of life. Hope, Greek, elpis, the joyful and confident expectation. Joyful and confident expectation. Verse 19, we have this hope, joyful and confident expectation, as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. God wants to motivate us by his promise and oath to lay hold upon the hope he set before us, which we have because of Jesus. He gives us a strong hope. Firm and secure, like an anchor that's firm, that can handle the pressure, and secure, that's not going to break its hold. One quote I read said, the writer suggests the thought of a harbor where the soul may securely drop anchor. 
And I think I have a picture of a boat coming into a harbor area. And that anchor has been carried to the safest point of all, the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, which I don't have time to talk about curtain imagery today. But the anchor has been carried by Jesus who went before us. The Greek prodromos who went before us suggests a forerunner. And if the harbor imagery is still in mind, it recalls the role of sailors who leave their ship in a smaller craft in order to carry the anchor forward to a place where it can be firmly lodged. So too the Lord Jesus, by his entrance into the heavenly sanctuary, where he functions as a high priest forever, has given to a Christian's hope an anchorage from which it cannot be shaken loose. When I was baptized in California, I remember answering questions about, do I believe Jesus is the Son of God? That he walked this earth. That he performed many miracles. That he died for my sins. And that he rose on the third day. We have hope. A joyful and confident expectation of a future. Because we know Jesus died for us. It strengthens our hope. And we know because Jesus died for us, it gives us continual admission to God. Because of Jesus, we have hope, stabilizing our soul like an anchor for our soul. I like to think not cast down as an anchor, but cast up into the heavenly sanctuary. John 14, 1 through 4, Jesus said, I am going to make a place for you. Hebrews 7, 25, therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He says he intercedes for us. I don't know if you caught that. But Jesus thinks of you. He has prepared something for you. And because Christ is our high priest forever, he is forever interceding for us, forever recognizing One of the times when I was in L.A., I got to go to this really cool nightclub. And I went with other disciples. Actually, I went with uh, Christian Ray in, in Austin. I'm not throwing him under the bus. This, this is a good story. But uh, he, he was doing like a music video for one of the dancers there. And there's all these performances going on. And we came in. There's, you know, there's all these really hip and cool people. And we had VIP passes. And we got to go by all these people and, and had this little section up here where we got to look at the stage. We had some free food. And there's all these cool, hip people of Hollywood. And I'm like, I'm cool. Man, I'm hip. I'm VIP in this place. And Jesus is giving us VIP access to God's presence forever. He's not ignoring us, but thinking of us. He carries our anchor. He strengthens our hope. He is our hope. God is our hope. Heaven is our hope. A confident expectation of what is to come. Hope of a better place. Hope of a better situation. Hope of being with God. Not casting here on earth, but here. Jesus acknowledging us. God's there for us. Heaven promise, oath, no eye has 
that's what God wants to give us. And when we have this hope, we can keep anchored in little crisis. That's my one point for the night. Certainly big crises happen. Harvey, wildfires in California, Montana, we got Irma coming. Someone was telling me there might be another hurricane after that. And I don't like big tragedies. But I do love how singles respond to the call of big issues. Giving money, going and serving. I mean, seeing God's light shine. The hope that they bring. But I think with the little issues, they can get really shipwrecked. Traffic fights. Someone interacts with us in a confusing or frustrating way. Maybe already at the conference or retreat. Feelings get hurt. Someone tries their best to correct us. Bad day at work. We don't get credit. Don't get attention. We just lose all hope. We're tossed to and fro. We forget God, forget Jesus has given us his full attention. Last Sunday at our congregational service, I heard the the teen conference video being announced. And my first thought, instead of rejoicing for our teen ministry, and I've been in teen ministry, helped lead teen ministries before. But instead of rejoicing for the teens, my first thought was, well, what about the singles next week? That's awful. Instead of rejoicing for others, think about my own ministry. Think about our, our own a- attention. I mean, what a bad attitude. And then I'm, I'm more convicted because Alan had like at least six people up there for the singles ministry helping out with a worship band. I mean, over half the band was like singles. And then the AV team had a ton of singles. And I'm just like. I'm just convicted because like God is recognizing the singles ministry. Someone misses a Bible talk instead of calling them and seeing how they're doing, we can get shipwrecked because they're not there. Studying the Bible with someone and they they seem hesitant or stop. We can get shipwrecked. About a year ago, uh, we started studying with a guy named Gio. And we, stu- <laughs> and we were studying with him. You know, he, he would get busy with different things, but we kept studying with him. And then, you know, he, he decided not to study for a little bit. But we didn't just get shipwrecked. We didn't stop in our faith. We didn't stop trying to make disciples or worshiping God. We just kept calling him up. We started studying the Bible again. A couple of months ago, he got baptized. And he's here this weekend, and now we're studying with his brother as well. My wife, Bethany, she got a Facebook message the other day. A Facebook message. So Bethany studied with someone like 20 years ago. And so a couple of days ago, There's this woman who remembers Bethany studying with her. And she remembers it so much that she contacts Bethany. And they talk. 
And she talked about how Bethany influenced her life. She didn't finish studying the Bible then, but she talked about how Bethany influenced her life. And Bethany's connecting her with a church in a certain area. But Jesus is interceding forever. God is watching and providing forever. Keep anchored in the little crisis. When I was little, I had to get allergy shots. And I'll wrap up with this. And it's kind of a weird process. I don't, I'm hope they changed it. But uh, they shove a bunch of needles in your legs. And then they give you like 25 shots on one arm. And then 25 shots on the other. And they basically see what you react to. Sorry if there's any allergy, allergy people out there. Allergenists. But I remember going through the shots and the pain, and my, and my parents were there. And I did, I did good with the first side. It was good. Legs. I was like five. I was like five years old doing this. Okay. <laughs> and then I started getting the, the, the second side. And I started tearing up. Feeling the pain. And I, I remember my parents being there. But what I don't remember, my mom told me later was that while I was getting upset, my dad was also getting upset. And as I was tearing up, he was tearing up because he was feeling so conflicted because he knew I was, I was being tested. And it was for my good. It was for my betterment. But he hated seeing me go through such pain because he loved his little boy and he cared for him. Sometimes when you're going through things, Father, thank you for giving us a, a time and a place where we can receive your deeds. Father, thank you for giving us hope. So often we can forget about hope and it's our, our daily grind and our daily life. But Father, help us to remember the big picture. Help us to remember that you are preparing something for us. That's your promise. Even if we're not feeling it, even if we're not seeing it in the moment, help us to remember your promise. Father, I pray as we go throughout this weekend that this group will be encouraged by your spirit. That we will be recharged. That we will remember what a blessing we have Christ's name, amen. Let's welcome Lindsay and Travis on up here.